Rolling. PFM. PFN? Pure freaking magic. Oh, PFM. Yeah. <laughs> Pure freaking nuts. <laughs> We're that too. Uh, here we go. Rolling. Hello, children. The Orion and Doug podcast is brought to you in part by MosherMultimedia.com. KMH Music in Presque Isle, Maine. The Ridge Runner in Westfield, Maine. And my cousin, Larry. Now we are so happy, we do the dance of joy. And you are... Welcome to the O'Brien and Doug podcast. I'm O'Brien. I'm Doug. Yeah, uh, this is episode one twenty seven. Seven. One twenty seven. Um, still baffles me. It sounds better when we say that. One hundred and twenty seven. We've done one hundred. It actually does. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like we've actually done something instead of just sitting here and going. You're an idiot. Season six, episode. Drummers are stupid. Hey. Yeah. So episode one twenty seven. We have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we will. Uh, we never do we, we ever. We will commence to talking. I think we. I think we should check in with uh, with my kid at some point. I think uh, we should. Yeah, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. We got to find out more about the three hundred four. Yes, see what's yeah. going on down yeah. that area, area You know, area. now that it's like it's no longer uh, it's no longer ninety degrees. Right. I wonder how she's uh, surviving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll have to. We'll have to uh, check in with her in, in just a couple of minutes. We also want to talk about Rock's 20 Biggest Comebacks, which is a list put together by UltimateClassicRock.com, so we'll get to that as Our well. Our source for everything. Our source for everything. Um, we should get paid for that, but... You know. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably they, we, they'd be like, oh, you pay us! Well, you know, UltimateClassicRock.com is Town Square. It's t- Town Square Media. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. they run they they run all those websites. Ah. Uh, um, and so anyway, uh, I was I was going to say that when I worked for Town Square and you came in and did the show, they didn't pay you. <laughs> that's true. That's just payback for all the years that I you know. Right. I <laughs> no, you know what? I did get a gas card one time. That's true. Lisa, yes, because yeah, yeah, I did get a gas card one time. Yeah, because Lisa um, recognized the. Uh, the what the you contribution bo- yes. I was bringing to you know, I was I was I was elevating to the show to unknown heights previously not known, right? What are you saying about my show before you came? It was mediocre. It sucks. It was mediocre at best. <laughs> it's super mediocre. Super mediocre. <laughs> uh, I, I I find that about everything that involves you and I. What super you, mediocre? No, well, that too. <laughs> How's your band? That's ah, okay. <laughs> about that new song you're working on? Man, that's all right. But thanks to Doug, it's... It's... Eh. <laughs> I, had, I was actually... It doesn't suck. <laughs> I, I was actually talking about you tonight. I had, uh, had a parent-teacher conference and... Uh, Why were you talking about me at parent-teacher conference? Well, because this... this uh, you, know, you know you? You remind me of my friend Doug. He's an idiot, too. <laughs> You're going nowhere, kid. What, you play drums? Oh, my God. I feel so bad for you. Actually, Just give up now. Actually, no. Shave your head, join the Marines. <laughs> No, I. Uh, it was a new couple from the, they moved here recently, and I have their child in in class, and and um, come to find out they're both musicians. One, the the dad's a trumpet player. Oh, and I said, oh, how good are you at trumpet? And he said, I'm, I, I'm, I can hold my own. I said, you do, you read music pretty well. Oh yeah, I read music pretty well. 
I said, good. I have your phone number. <laughs> Want a gig? <laughs> I said, I, I said I'm, I'm in a band called the Star City Syndicate. Oh, I've heard of the Star City Syndicate. We haven't had a chance to see you yet, but we've been wanting to. You know, I've, I've heard of the Star City Syndicate. And then I had p- proceeded to uh, talk about how you're my security blanket. And, you know, when I joined the Star City Syndicate, we were like, I need, we need Doug. We need <laughs> <laughs> For, to raise it to that next level. That red next we, level of suckiness. We need duck. <laughs> to the highest levels of suckivity. <laughs> well, no, I heard, you remember that the, the last um, gig that we played, I don't know if we said this on the on the podcast or not, but um, it was a, the school gig where we went down to Southern Aroostook. Right. And I listened to our podcast that we recorded two days before three days before right on the way down to that and and what did what did i do as soon as i got out of my car and yeah, i came, you came to, over and shook my hand i was like was are you like, dying <laughs> no i said i said i don't think i could do this podcast with anyone else. <laughs> because i was literally crying on the way down from I'm, laughing i don't remember what, what was the one i we don't even about? remember oh, either but it was just it was oh and and so I didn't tell you this so so we had to go down uh, to my son's game basketball game the next day in Holton. Oh yeah, so this was the whirlwind weekend when I got sick because right. we did the the school show and, and then, then you I had, the, I had to, the hunters breakfast. Hunters breakfast. Yeah. I had to be there at like three thirty in the morning yeah. and then we went down to Holton to my son's basketball game. Right, and we'd had my mother in law with us, and I was like because I wanted to play the episode for my wife and i was like oh my mother-in-law's with us i don't really want to play that my wife's like mom likes your podcast you should listen to it so we did on the way down to holton we listened to the podcast again my mother-in-law is dying really oh yeah she thought it was hilarious (laughs) that's awesome she thought it was hilarious well good i'm glad yeah so anyway um let's get right to this because um this may take a little while because some of these i agree with some of these I don't agree with. Okay. Um, the 20 greatest comeback albums. All right. This is according to classic rock, uh, ultimateclassicrock.com. Now, I, I had to look up because I wanted to find out when this one uh, actually was. Because is this in some sort of order or is this just, you know, just the 20? Just well, 20, 20 of them. Well, the, I think it's in some sort of order because okay. the first well, two... I'm sure it's somebody's opinion. The first two are tied for, for number 20. So I think they okay. obviously did some right. sort so, of... So yeah, some sort of ranking. Right. Um, and I, I guess I don't know... The, the whole idea of a comeback is... Don't call it a comeback. Right, I've like, been here for years. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really go anywhere. They may have may have had a stinker of an album before. Sure. Yeah. But it's who not, hasn't? Right. Us. We've <laughs> <laughs> we've never had a bad podcast, and we've never had a stinker album. <laughs> we have we have a bad. I'm, podcast. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the uh, the the ceiling to fall in on us. <laughs> we've we have a bad podcast, and we have a stinker album. We've had a bad podcast. I'm sure we have. Oh, I'm probably pretty sure. I'm we sure too. we have. Yeah, I'm that sure. first one sucked. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Not the first one back in 2020. No, the the very the first very one. first one. Yeah, that one yeah. was terrible. Back in 2014. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, embarrassing. Um, so number 20, there's a tie, and I'll, okay. I'll talk about the first the first one of the two, uh, and it's Carly Simon's coming around again. Do you know that? That's I do. I have. Do I know the song? Yeah. Do I? I think you do. Um, 
Because I'm not a huge Carly Simon fan. I am not either. Um, let me get this in here. I mean, I basically know who she is. That's about it. Right. So before this album came out... This sounds like something off The Breakfast, the breakfast Club. Right. <laughs> oh, I've heard this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's like soft rock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'd, be, it'd be on like Yacht Rock. Kind of thing, yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. So she obviously has been putting out albums since the 70s. Right. Right. And so she, like her debut album was in 1971. It got to number 30 on the U.S. charts. Uh, Anticipation also got to number 30. She had a number one album in 72 uh, with one called No Secrets. And then number three, and then number 10, and then 29, and then 10. And then in 1979, she had one called Spy, which went to number 45. So she was slipping. Yeah. Uh, number 36 in 1980 with, a, with an album called Come Upstairs. Uh, and then number five. That may be the worst title for <laughs> an album I've ever heard. Come Upstairs. Come Upstairs. What, what, she late for supper? <laughs> Come upstairs! Oh, wait a minute. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> uh, 1981, an album called Torch was number 50. And uh, 1983, Hello Big Man was was number, was number 69. <laughs> These are t- no I, wonder they're, t- right, they're I was just going to say. They're terrible album names. And then in 1985, one called Spoiled Girl which only hit number 88. So she was slipping. Yeah, big time. And then this album, Coming Around Again, was released in 87, and it, it got up to 25. You hear that? That's my pipes. Oh, okay. I thought it was part of the song. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, what instrument is that? It's like there's air in the line or something. That's, uh, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's percussion on Carly's <laughs> But Coming Around Again hit went back up to number 25. Okay. So, but so, then the next album, which was three years later, went back to number 46. But they're calling this a comeback album. The, this song? This, this album. This album. This album. Is it the one you're playing now? Is it off that yes, album? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I can see where you you went from 88 in 1985 to, to 25 in 1987. So you did better. Oh yeah, that, uh, but would you call it? A I'm comeback? not. I'm not. I, I think that's why it's at the bottom of the list because it's not really much of a comeback. Right. I mean, it's a it's pretty good. And then in 1990, she released uh, one that got to number 40. She released two albums in 1990. Uh, one went to number 46. One went to number 60. In 1994, Letters Never Sent went to 129. Well, that's because she never sent it. <laughs> so, but then she's and then she's been slipping. My album, I never said it, anyway. She slipped ever since, and then she got to number seven in 2005 with Moonlight Serenade. I would think that would be the comeback. That's the comeback album right there. That's probably our highest charting album, isn't it? No, because no. she got to number one in 1972. Oh, but yeah, still, I mean, that was like 30 years, right? So, I mean, that's the comeback album, right? So, anyway, that's so that's Carly Simon. And the one that she tied with, I don't, I don't think I agree with. I I, I can understand their reasoning for you it. You don't agree that you don't agree it's a uh, comeback album, right? Okay. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, because 
he had a couple of, I'm not going to call them stinkers, because they charted really well. Um, but for, for him, I guess, they weren't what he, well, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you who it is. And I'll play the, 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 the album they think is a comeback. Are you ready? Hit me. This is Springsteen's uh, The One After 9-11. Right. The Rising. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're calling this a comeback They're album? They're calling it a comeback album. That's crap. And, and here's the reason why I think it's crap, because I was looking at his dis discography. Born in the USA. Let's just start there. Yeah. Number that one. Was, that was huge. Number one. Yeah. Tunnel of Love. Also huge, number one. Yeah. And then in 1992, he put out two albums in that year, Human Touch and Lucky Town. And they weren't with the E Street Band. Oh, okay. Okay. They were just, you know, ones that he threw pe people together. And, sure, and, yeah. And there were some good songs on them. Uh, Human Touch went to number two, and Lucky Town went to number three. Pretty good. Yeah. And, For not having the E Street Band. Right. And yeah. then he put out a folk album called The Ghost of Tom Joe. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that went to number 11, um, I guess, on the pop charts. And then this one went to number one. That They're calling this a comeback. So this is a comeback This album? is a comeback That's album. crap. I think so, too. I mean... He That's just dumb. He didn't go anywhere. No. He just... Number he, 11 is terrible. I right. mean, I suppose. I mean, if you're one number one, number dumb, number two. Right. You know. But it's not really a comeback album. Right. It's not like he was, like, destitute, you know. He was trying something else. Yeah. You know. I get it. No, it's not a comeback album. As far as I'm concerned, not going to do it. Um, so, next on the list at number 19, I'm, I might agree with. Um, but it's almost like it's a different band. Um, this would be, well, let's just, I'll just play it. Yes. Yeah. Because so, it, so this is the comeback this album? This is the comeback album. Because if you look at their, um... Discography, which I'm. See, and I don't understand why they call it a comeback album. Because. Let's look at. Well, they didn't really chart too much in the U.S. Um, 1971, they hit number 40. Uh, they also hit number 4 with Fragile. Close to the Edge, number 3. Number 6, number 5. Number 8. Number 10, number 18. This is U.S. charts, by the way. Yeah. And then this one, which is an album called 90125, hit number five. How's that a comeback? Well, they went from number 18 in, in 1980, and then three years later, they hit number five. I think why they're calling it a comeback is because they had lost some members. Okay. And... Well, I, you know what? This is ultimateclassicrock.com, so let me just read it. Because um, they, they do have some pretty good write-ups. 
Uh, a lot of the brilliance of Yes has come as a result of nearly constant conflict and inner turmoil. Good example remains 901125, which was born out of the dissolution of the John Anderson list lineup that produced a single album. Uh, bassist Chris Squire picked up the pieces and established a new band called Cinema that incorporated South African guitarist Trevor Rabin alongside alumni Yes members. But a fresh reunion loomed when label executives questioned the commercial viability of Squire and Rabin's lead vocals. An olive branch was extended to former lead vocalist John Anderson, who agreed to sing on the album. He helped Yes score a surprise number one hit with Owner of a Lonely Heart. They also landed a Grammy for the instrumental cinema. Nearly two years of touring followed, cementing the return to the top for Yes. So this essentially was a different band doing different kind of music and it also was the 80s yeah right they went from yeah. the 70s because this and they're using like electronic drums and right. like stuff like this yeah. right yeah. so this is essentially a different band but John Anderson is singing uh, and they called it yes but is that really a comeback I don't think it really is man. Yeah. I mean it's Again, it's at the bottom of the list, so maybe that's... I'll, I'll take that in consideration. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So. I don't know. Um, all right. Number 18. Um, you. It is it number 18? Yes, it is number 18. Um, you will have probably a lot to say about. Um, because I don't think... Mm, I can understand why they call it a comeback. But... Um, This is not a comeback. And they're calling it one. Unless they're comparing it to uh, Saint Sa- Anger. They are. Oh, that's why. Yeah. But it's not a comeback. It's not. They didn't go anywhere. They were. They were nowhere, man. Right. I mean, they were just. They were just. You know, Saint Anger is just a blip on the radar. But you know what? When you listen to Saint Anger, <laughs> it has some good moments. You know, Shane hates saying anger. Yeah. Because it sounds like Lars is playing a tra- you know, a garbage can lid. It does. You know? Yep. But they were but if you watch the By the some way, we're talking of, about Metallica. Yeah, Metallica. <laughs> uh, if you watch the some kind of monster documentary. I did, yep. They 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 were just like, you know, Bob Rock's like, well, Metallica just wanted to be in a you know, a garage band. Right. And they and that's what it sounds like. It's a garage band. Yep. You know? And there's, I, there's actually a lot of songs on the Saint Anger album that I like. You I know. thought the the process was very interesting. Well, I mean, it was very convoluted because uh, James went into rehab right halfway through it, and then when he came out, he was you know, you know, he was a, he was a different guy, and but he was more focused, I think. Yeah, you know, so and he um, has been ever since. Yeah. Really? I mean, he did, he did another. He did. Uh, he did. He did have a relapse and uh, whatnot. But but this is this is a great album. Yeah, I you agree. Know, I, I love this album. Yep, me too. So I actually like this better than um, the the next one that they did, which was oh the uh, I love this song so much. Call from the wreckage one more time. What was the name of that new album? Um, was, uh, you would ask that. I know. I'm trying to think. I just had it pulled up on my iTunes and then I, and then I, because I went to the next band. Yeah. Um. What was it called? Jeez, I'm crow. Isn't that awful? Hold on. 
Do I have it here somewhere? I probably do. I just don't know where. That's why it's called the Wall of Tunes. Yes. Yeah. You're looking it up. Got or now. Yeah, I know, because it's fucking me too. So, again, I, I, I don't know that I'd call that a comeback. It's not a comeback. So I like this is death. This is from Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic. Hardwired to self-destruct. Yeah. That's See, I like Death Magnetic better than Hardwired to self-destruct. I did too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to number seventeen. Now this I probably would call a comeback. I think I may agree with this one um, because let me just look at their discography here. <laughs> Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Uh, I wonder what album it's on. Oh, it's the wedding album. Okay, so it's this one. So if we're looking at the U.S. charts, and I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. So number 17, uh, they charted in 1981 at number 10 with their debut album. Okay. And then they had an album in 82, two years later, they went to number six. And then um, one year later, they released an album that went to number eight. Then in 86, three years later, uh, their album went to number 12. And then two years later, number 24. Uh, two years later, number 46. And then they kind of went away. I said, well, I guess it was, I guess... Yeah, because three years later, their this album went to number seven. Um, but you didn't hear a lot about this band. They kind of in the late '80s they didn't have a lot of hits. Um, but when they released this album, oh, it was Duran Duran. It's Duran Duran. Yeah. So they had albums in the late '80s. But if I look at the discography, because I don't think... Well, they were like early, mid-80s. Right. And then they just kind of went, I don't know, nowhere. Right. Well, let's look at the album right before this one. It's called Liberty. And the track listing is Violence of Summer, Love's Taking Over. I don't know. I've never heard that song. No, I've never heard it. Liberty, Hothead, Serious was... What, Serious was, it, was a, a single... Again, never heard of those songs. I don't have no Let's clue. Let's look at the album before that. Big Thing. The singles were I Don't Want Your Love. I remember that one. All She Wants Is. I remember that one. But they weren't big hits. No. Uh, for example, All She Wants Is went to number 22. Uh, I Don't Want Your Love went to number four. But then they released this album, and it had this song, No Ordinary, Ordinary World. And... This album also had, uh, where is it? This song. Come Undone, which was another great song. I don't remember this one. You don't remember this one? No. I bet you will. I'm waiting for a TLC to come out. <laughs> Where's almost, left eye? It almost sounds like you remember that um, 
that uh, early to mid '90s new uh, new wave thing called Enigma. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost yeah. sounds something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like. So I might agree that not that it wasn't a comeback album, but it was comeback a, a return to form. Yeah, you know. Okay, maybe. yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. Um. Now number sixteen. All right. Oh yeah. You're, you're no, recognizing now. Song, yeah. 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 Okay. For some reason, I didn't think it was Duran Duran. Yeah. So. I know. That's, so it's a different, completely different yeah. sound. Yeah. yeah. So the next one, number sixteen, is uh, Bob Dylan. <laughs> from 1989 an album called oh mercy um and i don't really have i don't have this album i mean i could look it up but it says let me just read this dylan recorded his comeback with producer daniel lenoir who was u2's producer uh near one of the new orleans state uh, stately above ground graveyards lafayette cemetery number one quote the past doesn't pass away so quickly here dylan mused and that appeared to have become a personal burden, too. O Mercy gave in to what was happening to his suddenly oaken voice, gave in to the atmospheric process that Lenoir favored, and gave in to worry, too, seeming to rebuke everything he'd preached on hope-filled albums like Saved, not to mention his goofball one-offs as part of the Traveling Wilburys. Rather than deflate his aging legend, however, all of that somehow ended up completely reanimating Bob Dylan, a template was now set for his long final act. So what they're saying, I think, is in 1989, this album is the one where he started singing like this. <laughs> because, I mean, he, he used to be a decent singer. He was never a great singer. Right. But I mean, he... But you could understand him. Right. And he could carry a tune. And he could carry a tune. Yeah. And then he just went, I don't know. And he started thinking like, nah. And then, uh, it was like kind of like a Tom Waits kind of thing. Right. You know? Um. Okay, so the next one, number fifteen. I may agree that this is a comeback album only because of the circumstances. Okay. Um, two thousand, Iron Maiden's "Brave New World," and here's why: because the two albums before that had lead singer Blaze Bailey, and they were not well-received. Right. I was going to say, that must have been the return of Dickinson. It was the return of Bruce Dickinson. Okay, yes. Yeah. So I can agree that that's... I'll, I'll, I'll give him that one. Um, yeah. I mean, they did have a couple of songs. Wicker Man was on there. Ace is High. Oh, yeah. Two Minutes, to, high, mi two yeah. minutes to Midnight. Yep. Ace is um, High was a good song. So, yeah, I'll give that to him as well. Yeah. Um, this next one, I don't think I would call it a comeback. Um, we should have like LL Cool J like on a button or something. Oh, like we that. should, man. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Um, because I, I don't know why they call these comebacks because these bands don't go anywhere. Just because they, um, you know, don't have the same... It's like if, if like next year White Lion came back with an album. That would be a that comeback. That would be a comeback. Right. You know, because they've been out of the, you know, the zeitgeist for how long now? Right. Exactly. So, you know, that would, that's a comeback. Right. I agree. Um, like if, you know, if John Lennon and George Harrison came back from the dead and reformed the Beatles, that's a comeback. Right. That's not going to happen, but I'm just saying. I want to see if... There was... The Zombie Beatles. Ooh. That'd be cool. Yeah, see, I don't have... I'm trying to find out if... Oh, here we go. 
Okay, see, I don't... Ha <laughs> Is this the one with this song? I know. It's weird because I'm working... Uh, I'm trying to work fast here um, to get all this information. Let me go on here and see where this hit. Yeah, I'm not going to call this a comeback album because their discography, they had this album... Let's look at the let's look at the charts in the U.S. Their debut, the, what's considered their debut album, hit number two, and their next album, hit number two, and their next album, hit number ten, and their next album, hit number four. Uh, and I don't have anything from the what they're calling the comeback album, but I do have something from the album that hit number four, and that's this one. So it's Green Day. I was just going to say, it sounds like Green Day. It is Green Day. But it doesn't sound like Green Day. Oh, now it does. Yeah. So this is from an album called Warning, which came out in 2000, uh, and it hit number four. But they're saying that the next album, uh, well, I don't have it. Let me do this. They're saying the next album was the comeback album. It's not the American Idiot. Yes, album. it is. How's it? It's not really a comeback album because again, they didn't really go anywhere. Exactly. So this was four years later. Yeah. And it went to number one. Is it because it went from number four to number one? It was a comeback. That's not a comeback. I don't agree. That's, that's pretty much status quo. I agree. You know. Yep. Now, uh, let's look this one up. I'm trying to get through these as quick as, as quick as possible here. Um, I think maybe it was because it was where it was well received or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't know because it was a popular album. Of the American, I think it won a bunch of awards. Oh, it did. It was huge. Um, so these. What was that? It was that song. Uh, something about September. Uh, when September ends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wake me up when September ends. That's the song. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next band, oh, that was number 12, by the way. So the next band, number 13. Um, Wait, this, we went from 12 to 13? Uh, I'm or sorry. 13 no, it was number 14. Sorry, Green Day was number 14. We're going the other way. Okay, 13. So Green Day was number 14. Now we're at number 13. Okay. And this is uh, an album from 1983. Now let's look at their uh, discography. So their debut album hit number 87, which not is a not, good not a good showing. Uh, That's worse than us. And, right. And then th that same year, they released another album that re that re reached number 100. Wow. Okay. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And then the next year, they released an album that went to number 32. Okay. And then the next year, they released two albums, and they both went to number 11. Hmm. And then the next year, they released one that went to number four. And then in 1979, they released one that went to number nine. 1980, they released an album that went to number 35. And then in 1981, they released an album that uh, went to number 75. Okay, so I can, I can almost agree with this. Um, let me see if I can get some of their music here. Uh, because I do have some of it. There it is. 
Um, and then the album after that in 1982 went to number 45. Now this album, I don't know if you could call it a comeback because it only went to number 24. Yes. Yeah. So, how's this a comeback album? I, I, you want me to read it because I don't know the justification. Because two years before they had music from the Elder, which was the one that went to number seventy-five, which was universally panned. Oh yeah, that was terrible. Album. Yeah, and yeah. then Creatures of the Night was number only number forty-five. Yeah, that was a bad album. Too. So this one went to number uh, twenty-four, but then after that, Animalize went to nineteen. Yeah, and Asylum went to twenty. Crazy Nights went to eighteen. Revenge went to number six in nineteen ninety two. I mean, how are you weighing this here? I don't know. This me, is, I don't know what the criteria is, man. But it's not good. Uh, it says Kiss spent the late seventies and early eighties alienating their fans so badly that even nineteen eighty two's return to form, Creatures of the Night, flopped. A major rebranding was in order, and that's exactly what the band delivered with nineteen eighty three's "Lick It Up." Revealing the faces behind their onstage makeup for the first time earned a kiss a big wave of publicity. While slightly slicker and less powerful than Creatures, Lick It Up was more than worthy of that attention. New guitarist Vinnie Vincent wouldn't last long, but he proved to be an excellent songwriting partner for Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley while helping the band update their sound for a new era. The infectious title track, which I think my daughter can probably play on guitar, um, earned Kiss a strong foothold on MTV kicking off a rebirth that soon led the group back to headlining arenas and platinum sales. Mm. Yeah. yeah it's, that's thin. A little bit. Yeah. Yep. A little bit. Uh, all right. Moving on to number 12 from 1989. Uh, I don't want to play this one because I have a, a hard time with this artist. Um, I don't know why either. Okay. Because, um, I mean... I think he is a legend, but um, Neil Young wow. from 1989. The album is called Freedom. <laughs> uh, let's see. There were a few reasons for the lull in Neil Young's career through the 80s. One was that Young was doing less writing and recording, instead devoting much of his time to caring for son Ben, who was born with cerebral palsy in 1978. Now I regret what I said about Neil Young. But anyway, Young also began to butt heads with Geffen, where label execs were upset with the lack of commercial viability of his music. Unafraid to experiment, Young spent much of the decade making albums that seemed to jump from genre to genre. Geffen actually sued Young in 1983 for releasing music they felt was unrepresentative and uncharacteristic of the artist they'd signed. In 1989, Young returned to his former label Reprise and to a form of music that many fans found to be a relief. Freedom features the same folk-tinged rock and roll that made Young famous in the first place, with lyrics that express both outrage and determination to move forward. Uh, I don't even know what, what songs are on that album. I don't know. Uh, not a not a huge Neil Young fan. No, nor am I. To be honest with you, um, you know, I can appreciate Neil Young. Yeah, uh, and what he, his contribution to music, but I and some of his early stuff like Needle and the Damage Done and and. Um, Southern Man and stuff like that. I can appreciate that, but I'm not... Uh, I'm just trying to look and see uh, where's Freedom here. I want to find out what tracks are on there. Because... Oh, well. Rockin' in the Free World Acoustic. 
Um, wrecking Ball, no more. No, I don't recognize. It. And then the Rocket in the Free World, Electric. So I guess that's where you find. I guess it. that's the one. Yeah, I guess that's the one song that you uh, you recognize on that one. Um, and then number eleven. This is another one. I, I, I just because it's a really big hit. I don't know that I would call it a comeback. Again, that's my pipes. Just we're all gonna die. <laughs> Okay. ACDC's Razor's Edge. How is that? It's not really a comeback. Which had Thunderstruck. Yeah. And Money Talks. uh, I think uh, um, Are You Ready was on there. Um, Now, if you look at ACDC's discography, somebody should turn the heat off because it's kind of annoying. Well, you can't really turn the heat off. I know. (laughs) It's winter now. Um, We have snow now. Right. So if you look at just their 80s output, Back in Black, 1980. Yeah. was number one uh, in the... Well, actually, it was only number four in the U.S. Interesting. Uh, their second album in the 80s, 1981's For Those About to Rock, was number one. And then Flick of the Switch was number 15. Fly on the Wall was number 32. Blow Up Your Video was number 12. And then The Razor's Edge was number two not really so a comeback it's it's not really a comeback no. i don't think um nope sorry sorry ultimate rock.com yeah we don't agree ultimate classic rock circuit sorry sorry yeah yeah, yeah um number 10 david bowie the next day from 2013 uh his best showing it hit number four no, I'm sorry. David Bowie reached a commercial peak with the 83's Let's Dance, hitting number four, his best showing after Station to Station's number three pinnacle, and number one, his second after 1975's fame with the title track. Then he spent the next two decades releasing underperforming and underwhelming records. He broke a 10-year break in early 2013 with the surprise release of The Next Day. So, they're, they're talking about... That I actually can see. Yeah. they're t- So, they're talking about they are. They're talking about chart position, I yeah. think. Um, but I, I don't know if I would call it... But it's not like Bowie ever went away or right. people forgot about him. I mean, he was still there. Right. I don't know. You know. If you take a long break, like you mentioned White Lion. Yeah. If you take a long break, no matter what reason it is, and then you put out an album and it does well, that's a comeback. That's a comeback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let me, I would actually call, um, hysteria, Def Leppard's hysteria, a comeback. Well, for, for other reasons, for other reasons other than charts, right. You know? Yeah. So because I would consider that a comeback. Pyromania was huge. though. It was huge. It was huge. And then, you know, uh, I actually think Pyromania uh, scored higher on the charts than hysteria did. I think. Maybe, I don't know, but I think more hits came out of... Oh, yes, for sure. Hysteria than uh, yeah. Pyromania. Now you got me thinking here. I'm going to... And I don't know if that's on the list, because I haven't really looked at the list. But uh, I just want to see if I'm right. If that uh, if Pyromania got higher on the charts than Hysteria did. Uh, hysteria obviously sold more. Oh, yeah. I'm um, but let's see here. I remember, I remember the summer it came out. I bought it. I bought one. Oh, wore it out and I had to buy it again. No, I'm completely wrong. Okay. Pyromania got to number two. Hysteria got to number one. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, it only got to number two. Yeah. Shocks. Darn it. (laughs) We suck. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the next one... The next one is also odd. Um, I don't know why. See, this... No, so so this this kind of uh, shoots their process in the foot. Um, Because number nine... uh, and the greatest comeback albums is U2's All That You Can't Leave Behind, which was in 2000. That was a crappy album. Well, there was some good stuff on it. Um, I didn't care Beautiful for Day was on that. That was the only song I liked on it. Um, but listen to this, though. If you look at their discography, um, so uh, obviously they came out with Boy and then October and then War and then The Unforgettable Fire. Um, those, I mean... As their popularity, you know, yeah. Boy only hit number 63 yeah. on the U.S. charts. October, 104. War hit number 12. The Unforgettable Fire hit number 12. And then the Joshua Tree. Oh, yeah. Joshua which is, Tree. Was which is like kind of there up, yeah. where they measure everything. Yeah. So the Joshua Tree was number one. And then Rattle and Hum, number one. Yeah. And then Octoon Baby, which I didn't like very much. I didn't care. There was a few, few songs I liked, yeah. but that was number one. Yeah. And then Zeropa. Which I hated. Oh, that was terrible. Number one. Yeah, I can't forget that one. And then the album Pop, which I also didn't care for very much. Nope. Number one. And then this album in 2000, All That You Can't Leave Behind, number three. How? (laughs) So how is that a comeback? Where's the comeback? It's three years later. And it's not even as good. It's not even as as successful. (sighs) Well, I don't don't get the criteria of this. Should we read it? Let's read it. You two experienced the first significant lull of their career in the mid to late 90s. Though lull is a relative term, they still reached platinum sales with Zeropa and Pop, yet they'd clearly begun to lose some creative spark while struggling to find a place in the modern musical landscape. Well, that's because Bono was going off on his, you know, he was trying to save the world. Right. I, I attribute to that. Yeah. Because he was, he was distracted. He wasn't, you know. Yeah. He, he he ceased to be a musical force. Yeah. You know. I mean, I respect, you know, he you know he's trying to do good in the world. Yeah. Using his fame and position and everything. Yep. yep. But first and foremost, you're a musician, dude. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go away for three years. Every band goes away for three years, two or three years to to work on music. Yeah, they just yeah. And then they came out with another album, and it it did worse than the album they had before. How is that a comeback? I don't understand how that's a comeback. It doesn't make any sense. All right, I want to cruise through these next ones. Okay. Uh, number eight, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, nineteen eighty. I can kind of see that that's because that James was Dio, right? that was with Dio, and that was after after Ozzy, right? So I can see that one. Um. John Lennon and Yoko Ono. No. Double Fantasy. No. 1980. No. No. Uh, it was the first studio LP after a five-year hiatus to help raise his son. If you look at it that way, because, I mean, it did have starting, uh, just like Starting Over, Beautiful Darling Boy. I'm not I'm not acknowledging anything that Yoko... Has Yoko Ono on it. <laughs> it's John and some annoying woman. Right. That's it. Number six. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. 
from 1999, Santana, Supernatural. Yes. The I one will, with Rob Thomas. Totally, yes. yes. That, was that, a, was, that was a huge That comeback. brought Santana back on the, on, yes. the, on the map. Yep. Uh, number five from 1994, Johnny Cash's American Recordings. Oh, good Lord, yes. Yes. Uh, the things that Rick that uh, uh, Rick Rubin did for Johnny Cash with that whole series. Oh, I know the American recordings. Crazy I mean, man. Yeah, he he put Johnny Cash back where he belonged. Well, I mean, no, I don't know if he necessarily put him, but but he made him more mainstream. Yeah, because it wasn't because he was always known as like this big country star. Yeah, he was always the man in black. He yeah. was a big country star, but then he, you know he kind of exposed him to everybody, and then people like. You know, our age, we're like, whoa, Johnny Cash? Yeah. Whoa, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, number four, I also agree with uh, Aerosmith's Permanent Vacation. Yes, I agree with that 1987, because that, that was post-rehab and, yep. and all that. So, yep. yeah. Yep. I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yep. John Fogarty from 1985, Centerfold. Uh, um, Creedence Clearwater Revisited, long before John Fogarty's ex-bandmates established their own offshoot band of the same name. Um... Uh, I think is this the one where he he got sued for plagiarizing himself? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he sounded too much like himself, so so they sued him. That's like suing yourself for writing an autobiography, <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, and if you look, if you think about John Fogerty, because he purposely didn't record for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and then. Because of his record label deal, right, and they were they were bilking money from him and stuff. Yeah. So he yeah. purposely you know, just kind of shut off the faucet. And I guess I could see where this would be a comeback. Yeah, in, in I, I see. I could see this. Yeah, yeah. Same thing for the next one, number two, George Harrison's Cloud Nine. I got my mindset on you. Well, I got mama. Yeah, and, and when we was fab. That was a, a, another one. You've heard that song, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I would call that a comeback. Yeah, I would too. And I would think number one is also a comeback. I'm glad. And, you know, they kind of redeemed themselves for the top the top of the list here. Uh, Tina Turner's Private Dancer from 19, uh, 1984. Yeah, that. Yeah. 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 What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, sure. Private Dancer. Yeah. Um, she had some huge hits off that Yeah, album. and she, had, yeah. she was gone away for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I blame Ike. Yeah, I do too. So yeah, everybody blames Ike. Um, so there you go. That's according to ultimateclassicrock.com. That's the 20 biggest comeback albums. Can you think off the top of your head? Did they miss any? Well, we already talked about Def Leppard. Yep. Um, yeah, that wasn't even on the list, was it? No, not yeah. even close, but I, I would consider that just because of, you know, personal, yeah. um, you know, reasons, you know, right. You know, come back with a drummer with one arm. That's a comeback. Right. <laughs> a little. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. Um, but other than that, I really can't think of anybody that I would consider, you know, on any albums coming back. I mean, I mean, mostly it's, you know, they start, you know, bands come out and they, they just go and then they peak and then they just, you know, kind of slide into a nice plateau and right. whatnot, but... Uh, as far as comebacks, I mean, you know. Yep, I agree. Sorry, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for a integral part. If we were gonna try and call my kid, uh, I don't know what I because I just I cleaned the I cleaned the uh, yes you did the it's, dungeon it's, uh, over the weekend. It's uh it's quite nice. It's quite nice. It's, it's quite nice in here. I um 
Well, you put some light over there. It's, it's, I did. A, it's like a whole other room. I know. It's right. It's you cool. know what I mean? Um, I can't find that piece. So maybe I can just hold the phone up to the, to the mic. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Uh, hopefully she's not doing anything major. Let's uh, learn more about the 304. Learn more about the 304. We're going to do that right now. Let's see. I'm, I'm, call, I'm FaceTiming her right now. She's probably sleeping. Probably not, though. Actually. Why would she be sleeping? It's it's early. It's not late. It's, it's what, early. What time is it? What time is it? 4.30. 4.30. It's Monday night. 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, and she's not answering. I wonder... Wow. Could she be out on a date? Does she do that? No. <laughs> what to say? So, no. Uh, she's not answering. Cancel. She, yeah. she may, you know, my daughter, she probably is working. No, she probably is, yeah. Yeah, she's probably okay. doing something at work. That's so. okay. Oh, well. Well, we'll put that, we'll learn more about the 304 another time. Uh, or maybe later tonight when she calls me back and we're still recording. Yeah. It's, it's entirely possible. Um, okay. So let's do the, uh, oh, where's the books? Right there. Oh, right there. Okay. Let me, but oh, you get, but I you gotta get. do the music. Oh, hold on. I got, there we go. There it is. There it now is. That's official. All right. Now we're going to see what, uh, Becky Finer has to say about the country legends alphabets and okay. the Beatles legends alphabets. And we are on letter. <sighs> Let's see. Oh, I think we're on F. We are on F. Uh, this is another one I don't agree with. Okay. Um, I wouldn't call this person a legend. Okay. I would call them um, I don't know, popular, very talented. Um was was very was very famous very famous but i wouldn't call him a country legend okay but maybe i'm wrong maybe she because i just lefty think, frizzell no no i just think she's too young oh to, it's a she to, to be a legend okay so f is for faith hill would you, um, would you call her a legend not a legend she's right not a legend that's what yet. i'm saying that's what i'm saying she will be when she's when she's when she's like Dolly Parton age, right? She will be legend. You think so? Because yeah. she stopped putting out albums, and she, I mean, she hasn't put out an album in quite a long time. Not that well, that, she doesn't have to. Not she, that that matters. She's married to Tim McGraw. Is that why she's a legend? Yeah. Oh, okay. no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me read what let me read what Becky Finer okay. has to say here. This powerhouse's hard work and persistence have certainly paid off. Faith went from odd jobs and backup vocals to winning five Grammy Awards and having her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Having sold 40 million records, she sure can breathe easy. Oh, man. Oh, Becky, come on. Do better. You know what? She's... She is... I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Because I see what she's done for country music. So... But I, I want to see. I want to see some of these other ones here. Hold on. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. You know, we'll get to these eventually. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. So there's one. There's one. 
no, I have. I, I'll give them credit too. I'll give him credit too. I guess there's there's one, maybe two. No, I have to. No, see, I'm changing the way I look at things. I guess maybe there's one in this book that I will definitely say is not a legend. Is that the one where we looked at? Uh, Letter O. Yes. Yeah. Definitely not a legend. So, Definitely not. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, Faith Hill is a legend. Okay. Uh, or like you said, she will be. I think someday she will yeah, be. Yeah, someday she will not be. Not quite there yet. Yeah, not quite. But uh, she will be she's on her way. She's yeah, on her way. To absolutely. Be All right, what about the Beatles? The Beatles. F. It's for Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields Forever. forever. Warped, looped, and layered, this legendary song challenged traditional Beatles listeners with its wild and psychedelic dreamscape, like a basket full of deliciousness for your ears. <laughs> really? Way to go, Becky. Like a basket full of deliciousness for your ears. Go down to Strawberry Fields Forever, where nothing is real, and there's nothing to get hung about. <laughs> okay. I do love that song, though. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, it's such a great song. Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, so there you go. Yes. Thank you, Becky yes. Fina. Thank you, Becky. Becky. Um, Becky. So, it's, uh, we're going to do the, uh, you want to do the, the, the sponsors? Are we doing them live again? We'll do, yeah, well, you want to do them live? Sure. Sure. Let's sure. Do all you. right. Got the paper all here. All right, got the paper right here. We have to read these scripts. All right. The O'Brien and Doug podcast is brought to you by... I think you should do the motion multimedia one. Okay. Do it. All right. Mosier Multimedia, a freelance digital design agency specialized. This are so many big words in this. No, no. I don't don't sound so excited about it either. <laughs> well, I just, I'm just like because I don't read it. I'm not used to reading it, so I'm like, oh, don't screw it up. Don't screw this up. Don't do. Don't say something stupid. And I just did. Okay, Mosier Multimedia, a freelance digital design. See, see. This is just bad. Mosier Multimedia, a freelance <laughs> You got me. You got my head, dude. Mosier Multimedia, a freelance digital design agency specializing in all forms of graphic design from business cards, logo design, brochures, annual reports, backdrops, and everything in between. That's a lot of in between. <laughs> they also offer audio production, including voiceovers, which I don't do. <laughs> For commercials and narrated corporate videos and even custom background music. They also offer custom t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and more, including the latest including the latest merchandise from Paul Sear Photography. Have you ever noticed how lucky that dude is? Oh yeah. Getting pictures. Oh, I don't yeah. know how he does it. I do. I'll tell you, I'll tell you off off mic. Well, I I, I have an idea. Yeah. It involves uh, involves a deal with Satan. <laughs> no, it no? has okay. nothing to do with right. Satan. It involves technology, oh. uh, and 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 he works hard for it. Well, I'm I will, sure I will tell I'm you sure that. Does, yeah, yeah. Uh, visit the online store. It's also it's all about getting it done right the first time. Multi. Mosier <laughs> <laughs> Multimedia. This is gold. This is, this is gold. <laughs> That's why I don't do this. <laughs> Uh, let's see. 
KMH Music, Main Street in Prescott, Maine, specializing in new and used musical equipment and repair. Guitars. Drums. <laughs> basses. Well, I was waiting for you to say drums again. No, I, I have to put drums in there because <laughs> okay. you, you left it out. Keyboards, violins, mandolins, um, horns, flutes, woodwinds, you name it, they've got it. Or drums. can get it. They service and sell all school band instruments and also offer guitar lessons, piano lessons, and more. KMH Music is now the place for your favorite used vinyl records. Drums. Add to your collection today. You drums. notice I can, you see my my collection up close. Yes, I, I see. Yeah, I can actually see you have a collection. Right, right. And I actually listen to them now because <sighs> I, can, I can get to my all record player. connected. Uh, visit them on Main Street in Presque Isle, Maine or on Facebook.com slash King Morton's Hall. KMH Music. The H stands for happiness mm. Mm. the o'brien and doug podcast is also brought to you by the ridge runner visit reflections from the ridge runner on facebook and by doug's cousin Larry! there you go awesome. thank you for bringing uh everyone uh the o'brien and doug podcast because we wouldn't have anything to do on monday or tuesday night tuesday night <laughs> <laughs> People are like, how can we get them back to not doing stuff? <laughs> All right, so it's time to climb the wall of tunes. Oh, I gotta get the. Uh, you gotta get the other Be- Becky book. Uh, there it is. All right, so I'm gonna take my headphones off. I wonder who off. F is gonna be on this one. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, you, you got it. I do. All right, man. Take my headphones off. Yeah. I'll climb the wall. Okay. All right. F is for Foxy Brown. Challenging the male-dominated genre with strong, proud lyrics, Foxy changed the game for female rappers and became a superstar before age 18. In 1999, her China Doll became just the second female rap album to debut atop the Billboard charts. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. I remember Foxy Brown. I do, too. Is she still rapping? Is she still... I, I don't know, dude. I haven't heard from her. No. Of course, we don't really have a hip-hop station to... Uh, Not really. You know. But I bet she's on, uh, like, the hip-hop channels on she must uh, be. XM. Yep, she must so. be. All right. I have an album. A CD. A CD? A CD. So let the guessing begin. Compact disc. Right. <laughs> I, I could, for a second, I completely blanked on what CD stood for. Mm. That's not good. Yeah. You're, you're old. <laughs> Forgetting stuff a lot of the time. Yeah. It kind of sucks, man. I know it does. As long as you don't forget how to breathe. Well, I, well, I mean, it won't be a problem <laughs> for long. That was just funny the way you did it. What? As long as you don't forget how to breathe. <laughs> I just did. You jinxed me, man. Sorry. Uh, I forgot what we... Oh, Wall yeah. of Tunes. Wall of Tunes, yeah. Duh. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm back. Okay. Focus. Focus. Laser focus. Maximum effort. Um, what is it? Wall of... Wall Deadpool. Of, Wall of Tunes. Deadpool. Uh, oh, by the way. The trailers for the way Ryan Reynolds brought out Deadpool three. I haven't seen them. Oh my freaking word, dude! Yeah, so freaking funny. Really? Yes. I have a I have a uh, weird. I don't know. I have weird thoughts about Deadpool because don't don't concern yourself about Deadpool. Concern yourself with Ryan Reynolds announcing that he's making a new Deadpool movie. Okay. 
just just take it on that alone and it's hilarious i'm just sorry i i just love the guy oh i do too I do but too. anyway uh again yeah the add okay all right wall of tunes wall of tunes yes focus all right let the guessing begin there we go <laughs> now now we're in it uh is it a solo or a band it's a band it's a band rock band yeah 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 rock pop pop rock okay yeah uh height of popularity 80s 80s okay mm, any virtuosos in the band no okay uh, any iconic songs yes okay <sighs> okay mm, give me some more hints there man um, how many people in the band uh, that's a good question five okay uh, I think one, two, three, four. Yeah, I think five. Five. Yep. I can give you some hints that would give it away. I think. Well, just give me some hints. I mean, I'm just you know. Uh, they come from a land down under. Okay, they're Australian. Is it Midnight Oil? No. Okay. Um, and I don't know if we've done this this band yet or not. Is it Air Supply? No. Good guess, though. <laughs> I always forget they're from uh, Australia. Australia yeah. yeah. Is it New Zealand or Australia? I think Australia. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But don't quote me on it because it's, it's air supply. I mean, I don't know. Right. Um, Australian rock band. No, I mean, of course, the most famous one is ACDC. Right. I said pop rock. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not bad. Hmm, pop rock band from Australia. I think we might have done it now that now that I think about it, but maybe not. Is it is it, uh, is it men at work? Nope, they're not from Australia. Yeah, they are. Well, Colin, Colin's Colin. not. He's from Scotland. Right, but I think the. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe they weren't from Australia. I don't think they're from Australia. Oh no, I gotta look that up. Uh, I I I need some more hints here. Um. There. Well, see if I give you this hint, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get it. Um, and I think that's why I think uh, I've I've given you this hint before. Oh no, they are from Australia. Men at Work is from Australia. Oh, there. Okay. Uh, he, Colin Hay, is from Scotland, but the band uh, originated in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, so they lost their lead singer. It's in excess. <laughs> Yes, it is in excess. It's in excess. Have we done it in excess before? I don't think so. I'm um, gonna check the. I'm gonna check the I have, almighty uh, list. I have um, the album that I chose is in excess's greatest hits. Oh, good choice. Right. Um, I think. I really think this is an underrated band, even though they had a lot of hits and were very popular. I think the sheer genius of this band is, can is understated. I agree. I I didn't appreciate them at the time. I agree. I've appreciated them as time has gone on. Yes. So I'm with you. Yeah. Um, do, 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 Andrew Andrew Ferris, who was a guitar player and saxophone player and keyboard player in the band, um, had a hand in in. Pretty much all of their songs. I mean, he either wrote all of their songs or co-wrote all of their songs. Uh, we so have never done in excess. We've never done in excess. Nope. 
Uh, well, good. I'm, I'm happy then. Yes. It's just such a... The way it was put together. Yeah. There's so many layers and yeah. so many instruments and so much orchestration that you don't notice because you're just grooving to it. Yeah. You know, but if yeah. you put a pair of headphones on, you, you hear guitars like in the left side and a different guitar on the right side yeah. and it all just works. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's it's like it's pop music but it's very ingenious. Right. You know, it's yeah. not it's not it's not it's not I wouldn't even call it like it's not textbook. It's not, you know, just run of the mill. Right. Pop. It's very well put together, very well thought out, very well, you know, engineered. Yep. But it is at its core pop music. Yeah. Exactly. Know? Exactly. There's a uh, <laughs> the Professor of Rock, which is a thing I follow on YouTube. Yeah, I like that. Guy. I love Professor of yes, Rock. He's Adam really Reader. Great. Adam Reader is his name. Um, he he had an interview with Andrew Ferris. From in excess, and they talked about uh, this song. I love this song. It's maybe one of my favorite NXS songs. And do you know that this was so? I'm probably gonna paraphrase. Um, be, so if you want to go see the interview, go to go to Professor of Rock on YouTube and find the interview with Andrew Ferris in excess because uh, Michael Hutchins. The late Michael Hutchins was living in Hong Kong, and so Andrew Ferris was traveling to Hong Kong to uh, work with him and write songs and stuff. And Andrew Ferris had one of those little uh, recorders, and he had this idea. So in the cab, he starts putting together these parts on this on this machine. And I think it, I, I don't know if it's it's just him singing the parts or what, but he put it all together. And showed up in Hong Kong with what almost what you hear on this song. Really? Yes. Wow. The drum, the drum machine, and everything. And Michael Hutchins said, "Oh yeah, I got, I, I can do this." He went in and wrote lyrics and sang them almost at the same time. And the song took like minutes to record. Nice. Um, the the basic tracks. You know, everything else came later, obviously. Yeah. But they had the basic piece of the song and Michael Hutchins' lead vocal. And they, and then they went and added everything. But the nice. song itself was done in minutes. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then this one, this, the string part on this song yeah. was originally on piano. Really? And the band didn't like it. Mm. So the producer said, oh, you should use a string patch, you know, on your keyboard. And... It completely changed the song. Oh, I was like, uh, now that I'm trying to, I'm trying to hear that part in on a piano. Yeah, and I agree that would that would. They said would it was. It sounded like a '50s, you know, uh, type, yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this this song is amazing. And there's also songs on this album. That you forgot about. Well, I'm sure. I guarantee. Um, it's genius. Four notes. Right. Yeah, it's genius. Um, like, for example, this one. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Suicide Blonde? Yeah. This is a great song. Yeah. Uh, totally forgot about this. Just it's classic, classic, and then this one, of course. Um, this was a big hit for them. You'll recognize it. Oh, I'm sure. It's not sounding familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Forgot all about it. Yep. You'll, I mean, the chorus, when the chorus kicks in. Just kind of looking at their discography here. Um, they have many more albums than we thought. Oh, I'm sure. Song is called Disappear. Right. Uh, so, 1980, their debut album hit number 164 on the U.S. charts. Right. And then they had an album come out in, 19, in 1981 that didn't even make the U.S. charts. Then mm. in 82, Shabu Shuba got to number 46. In 84, The Swing got to number 52. And then in 1985, Listen Like Thieves, which had, this is what you need, I'll give you what you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That hit number 11. Mm-hmm. And this album, well, the Kick, which was had uh, Never Tear Us Apart, right. and that got to number three. And then they had a, one called X, that got to number five. I'm just trying to think of, you know, what would be their comeback album. I don't know. Well, no, I don't think they really had one because they, I mean, they started at the bottom. Right. And they just continually went up. Well, you you could argue when Michael Hutchins was died. Yeah. Um, and they had that TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah the, Rockstar in Excess. Yeah, I remember and, that. And J.D. Fortune, they hired J.D. Fortune to sing for them. Yeah. And they had an album called Switch in 2005. So they went from Elegantly Wasted in 1997, uh, hitting number 41, to 2005, which with a new lead singer, and they got to number 17. Oh, that would be a comeback. You could argue that would, that be, would, that would be, be a comeback. comeback. Yeah. But then, of course, they fired J.D. Fortune. And, uh, yeah, well. Yeah. They had one, uh, an album in 2010 called Original Sin that didn't even chart. Uh, in the U.S. So they kind of back to where they started from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. But the music lives on, man. I mean, that's... that's, I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. Yep. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. So there you have it. Uh, The album is, in excess, the greatest hits. Uh, The One Thing, Original Sin, What You Need, Listen Like Thieves... Shine Like It Does, Need You Tonight, Devil Inside, New Sensation. I mean, just the list... So what's the song that they put on there? That they recorded specifically for that one. Um, well, let's double check. Let's look because 
this collection came out in... Well, that doesn't make sense. Hold on. Um, this collection, it says this compilation was 1994. Um, so, I can't... It doesn't tell me what uh, the, the dates of these songs here. Uh, I would think that... Usually they put them, like, towards the end. Yeah, but see, um, unless... Unless the it's a song that that um, Michael Hutchins wrote and never, they never recorded because the last song on here is called "Deliver Me" and it's co-written by Andrew Ferris and Michael Hutchins. Maybe that's it. Uh, maybe. I was just curious because we were talking about that last week. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll we'll do some research on that because I know you know inquiring minds want to know. And then we'll forget about it. And then we'll probably forget about it for next uh, the next podcast. Because that's what we do here. You know, yeah. You f- we forget everything. Forget everything. We're old. <laughs> Ancient. <laughs> so there you have it. In Excess, The Greatest Hits. That is the Wall of Tunes album. Wall of Tunes. And that's going to wrap it up. Uh, episode 127. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. It was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, it was a lot of interesting conversation. Yes. A lot of... Uh, yeah, thank you to ultimateclassicrock.com for Thank you for keeping us afloat. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty much. <laughs> but I mean it's, it's the it's a like a jumping off point. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. They, they allows us to talk about other things. Too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so that's good. Maybe next time, maybe next time, next week we'll we'll read from another Town Square Media uh website uh, tasteofcountry.com. That's another. Yeah. Um I vote no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do. I don't want to. All right, then. Uh, until. Uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> until next week. Let's not go there. I'm O'Brien, not going there. I don't want to taste country. <laughs> it tastes awful. Please, sir, may I have no more? Not, uh, not all of it. What? T- country? Well, no, but. What they're calling country. Yes, it does taste awful. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But that's a conversation for a different time. Maybe episode 128. Maybe. I've already said that my name is O'Brien. What's your name? Uh, Steve. Bye, everybody. Andre. <laughs> I love how I keep trying to, trying to finish the podcast and you just keep going. I'm Jonah Cash. <laughs> No, I'm not Johnny Cash. Not even close. I'm not even Johnny Change. I'm just going to stop talking until you finish. Then this will be a battle of wills. (laughs) Who's going to give up first? (laughs) Well, we had the podcast. Who knows? Stay tuned. (laughs) This will be episode 128. We're just going to keep going. Is it the end? I don't know. When I run out of stuff, that'll be the end. <laughs> but I have to edit it. I know. So I could edit it. I could end it. You can end it anytime. Anytime. No, I'm just going to keep track of that. I'm O'Brien. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at stuff. I almost got shut. <laughs> you did, actually. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm staying right here in your ears. I'm going to hit stop. I love all of you. Bye-bye now. I'm Doug, by the way. The O'Brien and Doug Podcast is brought to you in part by MosierMultimedia.com. K-Ridge Music in Presque Isle, Maine. The Ridge Runner in Westfield, Maine. And my cousin, Larry. Make sure to follow O'Brien and Doug on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Drop your crayons and pick up your phone and email us anytime at O'BrienandDoug at gmail.com. Scribble, scribble. <laughs> it's a horsey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you still doing? Get out of here!